What is up, movie lovers? Welcome back to another edition of No Content for Old Men. This is the podcast where every week I give you reviews of the latest movies and some streaming suggestions for your weekend. And as always, I'm your host, Matt Craig. We are keeping the train rolling in 2021, and this week comes with a big announcement on the newsletter front. Uh, So for those that listen to the podcast, this may not completely affect you, but if you are subscribed to the newsletter, big news. I moved this past week the newsletter operations from MailChimp over to Substack, um, and at its most basic level, nothing really changes. Every Friday morning, you're still going to get the same reviews and streaming suggestions in your inboxes, and if you listen to this podcast, then on straight to your uh, podcast platforms, but... This new platform also comes with some new features uh, that I've been really dreaming about since I started this thing two plus years ago and 111 editions ago, if you can believe that. Uh, For starters, we've finally got an operational archive. So instead of fishing through your inbox or your podcast feed for past reviews, you'll be able to catch up with anything you've missed on our new homepage, which is going to be mattcraig.substack.com. So that's M-A-T-T-C-R-A-I-G, no spaces, substack.com and that will include a search bar that will allow you to look up movies by name and this solves two problems that i've heard countless times from you all number one that you save my review until you've seen the movie even though my reviews are spoiler free and then you can't find the movie in the in your inbox this, this solves that as well as number two you wish there was a way to cross check whether a movie you found on some streaming service is any good kind of like a more trustworthy version of Rotten Tomatoes. Now you can just search through, and over the next week, I'm going to go back through my library and change all the subtitles to list each movie title that's discussed in that edition in the subtitle, making the search process much easier for you all. Uh, This platform shift is really, it's part of a much broader initiative to step back and reevaluate the ways in which I can improve my newsletter and podcast offering. If you have any suggestions, please let me know by replying to the email or leaving a comment on if you're reading the online version of the newsletter, which is another new feature. Uh, if you're listening to this podcast, you can also just get in touch with me on Twitter at Mr. Matt Craig. This year, I'm hoping for more reader recommendations, more reactions, more snark. <laughs> and as always, I, I can't thank you guys enough for reading every week and interacting with me, especially during the social isolation of 2020. This has become quite a fun community. With that in mind, is there one person you can think of who would enjoy joining our weekly conversations? It would mean a lot to me if you shared this with somebody. Anyways, back to the movies. This week's newsletter, we are celebrating female stories done right. Less than one week removed from the botched girl power monstrosity that was Wonder Woman 1984, it's good to know that that movies with strong feminist themes do exist and forms other than sanitized corporate shrink wrap. So this week we're going to be talking about Promising Young Woman, which is a movie I absolutely loved. Had it been in 2020 releases, I'm considering a 2021 release. Had it been in 2020, I think I'd be my top five, but we'll talk a little bit more about that. We'll also be talking about Pieces of a Woman on Netflix, Aaron Brockovich, and Spy Game. So without further ado, let's hop right into it. There's this saying you can hear people mention when they talk about movies these days. I'm as guilty as anyone of believing it myself. You have surely heard it before. It goes something like this. They've run out of good ideas for movies. 
Oftentimes, it's said in reference to the ninth sequel of this or the fifth reboot of that, the newest polish on the oldest turd. But the idea also seeps into conversation about the movies we might generally consider good. Every year, for example, in the Best Picture category, you can just about pencil in a war movie, a costume drama, and at least one reductive portrayal of some hot-button bus- hot social issue. The thing about Promising Young Woman, which is the big screen debut of Killing Eve showrunner Emerald Fennell, is that it really couldn't exist until this moment in history. It's a new idea, a good idea, constructed with shockingly modern sensibilities. The window for a female revenge fantasy like this one wasn't open until the Me Too movement took off in 2017, and even then, it took at least this long to put real money behind a project written and directed by a woman that captures the feelings that many women who feel powerless and wish that they could enact vengeance. The avatar of that vengeance is Cassandra, a protagonist whose life was derailed by a traumatic experience in her past, no spoilers, of course, which has filled her with an insatiable desire for justice against a particular brand of men. Now, I realize I might threaten my credibility by using this newsletter and this podcast to gush about a new movie for several weeks in a row now, but this movie far exceeded all my expectations. By my own rules, I'm listing it as a 2021 release where it's likely to hold the number one spot for quite some time. Were it to be ranked against the 2020 slate, I'd have a hard time placing it outside the top five. Though I can't tell if it's just recency bias is the only reason I'd want to rank it above titles like Mank, Soul, and Mangrove. From the acting performances to the production design to the cinematography to the costuming, every element shines while serving Fennell's truly unique vision. She uses heightened surrealist fantasy to expose the harshest realities in our world today. Fennell's target is the large support network of enablers who prop each other up amidst misbehavior. Many of the same, quote, nice guys Jordan Peele went after in Get Out, who, quote, would have voted for Obama for a third term. (laughs) That breed of prey gives this movie a dangerous edge, never allowing viewers to get too comfortable with the idea that everything might actually turn out okay. In that way, this is its own kind of horror movie. We expect the worst to happen, and then it doesn't actually happen until the exact moment we think it might not happen. In much the same way I praised Steven Soderbergh a few weeks ago for Let Them All Talk, Fennell confidently withholds crucial information and doles it out in a breadcrumb trail leading the viewer through harrowing situations. She knows our predispositions, our assumptions about who characters are and how they will behave in those circumstances, and then flips them on their head. These reversals of fortune come early and come often, as the main plot of the movie is concealed behind a far more conventional subplot in the foreground. Boy meets girl. In this case, the boy is played by Bo Burnham, who you might know as the comedian-turned-filmmaker who made one of my favorite movies of 2018, Eighth Grade. Here, he's a totally charming and hilarious male love interest with layers of complexity hidden beneath the surface. And that girl is played by Carrie Mulligan, who carries the movie in nearly every frame with a performance so charismatic and magnetic it's a crime the movie is too pulpy for Oscar recognition. Kind of similar to James McAvoy a few years ago in Split. Mulligan plays funny, charming, sweet, cruel, evil, vindictive, drunk, and violent, all in equal measure, with an extra measure of chaotic energy that pulses from start to finish. For all its righteous fury, 
The movie is really just a hell of a good time. It's just as cringeworthy when Burnham is introduced to Mulligan's parents in typical awkward rom-com fashion as it is when Mulligan is confronting an enemy. Really, the best word to describe this movie is whoa. <laughs> Promising Young Woman is wild. It's a trip. And I can say with confidence, it will be one of the best movies of 2021. All right, guys. Every week, I give you something new, something old, and something to stream. This week, something new, Pieces of a Woman on Netflix. As awesome as Fennell's revenge fantasy was, this story is far closer to how someone in the real world would react to severe emotional trauma. The movie is, it really reminded me a lot of Manchester by the Sea, both in its naturalistic style and its grappling with intense grief. Honestly, (laughs) it's a really difficult movie to watch from an opening 30 minute birth sequence that I was watching through my fingers, (laughs) straight through to the unraveling of the main character's life. Still, Vanessa Kirby inhabits that character masterfully and deserves the Oscar buzz she has received. Unlike Manchester by the Sea, which I still think was better executed, but tells the familiar tale of dudes being sad. This embrace of female sorrow and the reclamation of narrative stirs up a deep empathy within any viewer with a heart. It's worth your while. Just prepare yourself for the experience beforehand. This week, something old. I've got two of them for you. First one being Aaron Brockovich. It came out in 2000, and it is now streaming on Amazon Prime. Julia Roberts won her shamefully one and only Oscar for this portrayal of a single mother who becomes a legal assistant and takes down a powerful corporation, poisoning groundwater in this Steven Soderbergh-directed docudrama. It's a very in-the-weeds procedural journey through the building of a class-action lawsuit, yet... Soderbergh's deft touch and Robert's unbelievable charisma ensure that it never drags. It's like a dose of medicine with a pinch of sugar. And Spy Game, which came out one year later, 2001, and it can now be seen on HBO Max. Here's one for all my doodly dudes out there. I was horrified to find that my friend Justin, a noted admirer of Robert Redford's work and of Brad Pitt's perfect jawline, had not seen this espionage two-hander about Gulf War-era spycraft. Its plot is laid out like a jigsaw puzzle, and you'll need to pay close attention as the story jumps around with little regard for chronology in order to fully appreciate the incredibly satisfying climax. Or, if you'd rather, take the tenant approach and kick back to enjoy Redford and Pitt doing super cool spy stuff. Either way, it's worth it. This week's Something to Stream, I'm talking about One Night in Miami and News of the World. It's a bit of a cheat, I know, to once again suggest movies that I have not actually seen, but you all seem to like when I give you a heads up of what's coming next week so you can watch ahead of time. And hey, I gave you two something olds this week, so you can't complain. First up is One Night in Miami, Regina King's directorial debut and Oscar hopeful, which drops on Amazon Prime on Friday. If you're listening to this, it's available. And the latest Tom Hanks' Ernest Morality play is also available on Video On Demand now, though currently it's at the steep $20 price tag. I will be discussing both next week, but if you get around to them before then, definitely let me know what you think, and I may include your words in my review. So get in touch. 
All right, guys, that's going to do it for this week's show. I know it was a longer one. Really appreciate you listening to this point portion of it. Uh, as I mentioned, next week we're going to be talking about One Night in Miami. We're going to be talking about News of the World, which I just looked, and News of the World still has pretty good odds to win Best Picture. So maybe Tom Hanks uh, and Paul Greengrass are up to something there. We'll have to find out and see. Um, as I said before, the newsletter and this podcast has a new home that is mattcraig.substack.com. Uh, please, yeah, subscribe if you haven't and uh, share the show. But until next Friday, I guess I'll see you at the movies. <laughs>